I'm pretty excited. I've wanted to do this for a while. And uh, we are starting a new podcast. We're not getting rid of uh, the Happy Life podcast. We're keeping that, but we're expanding it a little bit. Oftentimes when I'm traveling, I run into people that stories need to be told. They're heroes. I think there's a lot of modern day heroes. In fact, if you were to ask Mother Teresa or... Martin Luther King Jr. or Martin Luther King himself, if you were to call them heroes, they'd laugh at you. They, they'd say, I'm not a hero. I just do what I'm supposed to do. But that's really what a hero looks like. It's a regular person that just does good things, just does right things, just helps other people out, just makes someone else happy, makes their life better, and therefore their life becomes better in return. So I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while called Limelight, um, because if you know anything about me, you'll know that I have a, a lime green polyester suit. It's a suit that I used to be a nerd growing up, this nerd that didn't like himself, and I was the wallflower. I was the kid that had the kick me signs on his back. I used to say before there was Steve Urkel. Steve Urkel at your service. It was Steve Hayes, but I was a kid that was picked on a lot. That was an actual hand-me-down suit that someone gave to me, and so now I wear it to kind of beat that image back up. I felt like for years I've been beat up feeling like I'm a loser. Well, now I want to use that to make people laugh. That lime green suit has been with me forever for almost 30 years now. And uh, yes, it doesn't fit anymore, but I can still put it on. (laughs) But it's kind of a scary sight. So I had someone make me a brand new lime green suit. So you notice one of the colors of Happy Life is lime green for that purpose. It's kind of who I am. It's kind of I've learned to embrace the nerd in me and help other people with it because we all have nerd in us. We all have disability in us. We all have something about us. We all have things that we're unable to do. We all have things that that are kind of nerdy that don't fit in with everybody else. And so um, I have that lime green suit. And so I've been wanting to do a podcast called limelight limelight was actually one of the first ever if not the first ever spotlight system before they had spotlights they would take lime and they would put it in a canister and they would heat it up and once they heated it up that lime would put out this iridescent like light and it was like a spotlight so when you if you've ever heard of someone say they're in the limelight that's kind of what that means it means to be in the spotlight And so I've been wanting to do a podcast called Limelight for a while. So we're going to add that to the Happy Life Studios. We're going to add all sorts of podcasts down the road. And so sitting in front of me right now is a hero herself. Uh, She probably wouldn't see herself as a hero, but she is. And I'll explain why in a minute. But this is our very first Limelight. Uh, You'll see more of these Limelights. There'll be a different intro and the whole deal to them. I won't put one of those out every week. But when I travel, when I run across people that I feel have a story to share, that that I feel have a heroic part about them, um, I'm going to share that with you uh, because I think that we all have a little bit of that in us. And uh, so we want to welcome Nina. Nina, thanks for coming to Happy Life Studios. Thank you for having me. Um, Nina is a happy lifer. She's actually one of our coaching clients that we help coach. And uh, Nina has come a long way. Nina, and I don't know if you notice, sometimes, do you remember when you were a little kid and they'd say, oh, you've grown so much since I've seen you last? Yes. Yeah. 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 People still tell me that. <laughs> do they really? <laughs> Nina is super nice. She's super sweet. She's a great person to get to know. And so we're going to get to know her a little bit here. But I always hated that as a kid because when you're yourself, you don't see yourself grow. Right? True, yes. But when, when someone has been away from you and you visit them a year later, and so whenever I come down to Southern California, I usually come hang out with, with Nina and Tim. I've known them for, for quite a while. And now it's really cool because we actually 
you know, we have coaching calls and we yes. coach through, a, through an app as well. And so we get a lot of, a lot of interaction with each other. And so I've seen some big changes. In yes. You. And there have been, a, there's been a lot of change over the last two and a half years. Tremendous change. I would honestly say in many respects, I'm not the same person. So I think back to how I used to be and who I used to be and how I am today and my mind is blown in a good way. Were you ever in a situation that seemed fairly hopeless to you? Yes, very okay. much so. What would you tell someone out there that feels like there's not a lot of hope for them or there's not a lot of hope for them changing or there's not a lot of their life has been this way for so long that why even try or it is what it is? You know, they kind of have that mentality of, well, that's just the way it is. What would you say to someone who feels like there's really not a lot of hope for them changing or their life ever changing or anything like that? Well, I guess one way that I can relate it symbolically is, okay, out here in Southern California, we almost always have clear blue skies, the sun is out, maybe some pretty white, fluffy clouds, and we love that. Just like today. Just Yeah, like today, but the last few days, well, you know, actually this month, there's been a lot of yeah. rainy days. I suppose it's my fault, because I came down from Seattle. Yeah, thanks. I didn't come from Seattle to be in Seattle, I came down here to be in sunny SoCal, <laughs> and yet it's always sunny here, but the last few days have just been... Overcast I'm, and gray o- Overcast, and really dark clouds, low dark clouds, hardly any sun, gloomy Yeah, rain. tell me about it. So Seattle. For, so for Southern California, or at least me, that's ugly weather. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But no matter how many gray, gloomy skies there are, and no matter how much it's raining, what is always on the other side of those clouds? If you were to rise above the storm system that's come in mm. the, sun the sun and the blue skies are up there so in other words you're saying it depends on what side of the sun you're on i mean it depends on what side what perspective the, the blue sky never leaves so it's always there we just sometimes something blocks it yeah and okay. um i guess you could say sometimes it can be your perspective and how you're simply perceiving something but also the clouds always move the wind always moves them and they always go somewhere else they don't stay around forever unless you're in seattle i guess so um i guess if there's a situation in your life that is uh seems daunting or hopeless or you feel that way inside the natural ebb and flow of life things don't always stay the same things change seasons come and seasons go so it won't be around forever so there is hope yeah i think there's always hope I think so, too. And I think once we get into the story here, you'll realize that Nina actually lives this hope out. So you lived under a cloud for quite a while, would you say? Yes. Um, I'd say for a good, oh, I don't know, 10 years. But the last couple years of that decade, really dark clouds, storms, big time. So, Nina, you've, you've really struggled with anxiety then right not just anxiety but chronic anxiety so pretty much an all the time thing okay so when did it start and then how bad did it get so i would say my first experience with anxiety that came and never really left or at least didn't leave for a long time was when i was in the eighth grade so i was probably like 12 13 years old wow 
So that was a, way, a little ways back, like a prob- year ago or so. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably, gosh, 13, 14, 15 years ago. Now you have, you're married, you got three kids. So yeah. a lot of life has happened since that yeah. started in eighth grade. So I'm 29 now. What did it look like when it was in eighth grade for you? What it looked like was um, going to a school where I never really made friends. Um, I didn't feel welcomed there by a certain group of girls that I happened to have a lot of classes with and didn't really make a lot of connections. So I hated going to school. You know, it's junior high anyways. So would you say at that age in your life, you weren't mature enough to realize that that didn't determine who you were, but you felt like since they didn't accept you, that you weren't acceptable? Exactly. And so going to school created a lot of anxiety in me because of the social pressures to want to have friends and to be liked. So I can remember that's when it started. Did it ever go away? Did you ever have moments? I mean, not moments, but I mean years or whatever where the anxiety wasn't there? Or is this something that you've kind of struggled with ever since then? Well, I think there were seasons in my life where it wasn't so bad and then some seasons where it was worse than others. But during my school days and uh, into college, my anxiety really centered around being in school. And I think that's because that's where it started at. I remember sitting in some of my eighth grade classrooms just feeling anxious, feeling afraid, nervous. I just wanted to be home. I wanted my mom and I hated school. The fight and or flight. You just wanted ex- to be somewhere else. Yeah. And it's a, it's more than just, oh, I don't want to be here at school. It's yeah. for anybody who has never experienced anxiety. Chronic anxiety is you just always feel afraid, basically. How scary is it? It is extremely scary. Like, we all have moments in our life where we feel a ton of fear all at once, you know? Or we have a period of time, maybe we're going through something stressful and we, we're feeling worried about it for a short period of time. Now, take both of those and it's every day wow. of your life. That's wow. That's pretty hard for a 12-year-old. Yeah, right. <laughs> How bad did it get? Well, it progressed from there. So I think because my anxiety started in a classroom setting, um, I began to associate being in class with feeling anxious. So that carried on through high school. It really got bad uh, my sophomore year um, where I began to have small panic attacks in class uh, sitting in my seat. Wow. And a panic attack is physiologically it's when your adrenal glands release a ton of adrenaline so all at once. it's not just someone imagining. It's much more than that. It's no, an yeah. actual physiological. Yes. Yeah. And so we normally get this adrenaline rush when, let's say we get in a car accident, you feel that all, yeah. this, all that fear. Or in a good situation, you're going down a roller coaster, you get the jittery feelings. Or, right. But... When you're sitting in a classroom trying to listen to somebody teach, you're in a seat and all of a sudden you feel these feelings physically yeah. and emotionally where you feel terrified. Like that's not the place in a classroom to be feeling that way. And that's what makes it even worse because you don't want to make a fool of yourself. So yeah. that carried on into college. Uh, the very worst, I would say, happened in 2013, probably six months after I had my second child. Now, I know after you have kids, for a woman after she has a baby, there's a lot of physical changes and hormonal changes. And I know that 
the hormonal things certainly contributed to all these issues I was having. So the summer of 2013, I remember this wave of anxiety came back into my life and it was heavy. It was very dark. And what that looks looked like for me was I remember waking up one morning and feeling just very worried inside, like, um, like impending doom. And I felt afraid and scared and there was no, there was no reason why wow. nothing. You didn't know why you're feeling that way. No, I mean, life was stressful with, I had two kids at the time and whatever, but not doom um, stressful. No, there was nothing specific going on in my life that that's what it was about. I just felt that way. And I remember that specific period of intense anxiety lasted for probably a month. And I went to bed and woke up like that every day, feeling afraid. And for the first half of that month, I didn't say anything to my husband. I tried to figure it out on my own. But eventually I couldn't take it anymore. And I told him, like, I'm scared. I'm worried. I feel stressed. And I think I even had a hard time trying to explain to him what I was feeling inside emotionally and mentally. And during that period of time, I remember one evening going in my bedroom, closing the door, and I was just laying on the ground crying, praying, God, take this away. What is going on with me? I want to feel normal. God, help me. What is this? And during that time of anxiety, I began to have unrealistic fears, specifically fearing that I had cancer or was going to get cancer. But you had no signs to believe that that was the case. No, no. But you just believed that you had it. You had something had been wrong. True. I believe something was wrong with me and... One mistake I made is I would go online. Like, oh, man. what are the right the signs of, of <laughs> yeah? And it seems very random. Like, why would you just randomly fear that? But it's very common for people like me with severe anxiety to worry about their health. That's one of the big things that we commonly fear is we're sick or mentally crazy or something. Um, and the reason why is because we tend to be people who are very overly self-aware of ourselves. Right. And so it naturally... Which can be a strength as well. Yes. But it can also become a huge, huge yes. weakness so you've bef- got to overcome. Before I knew it was a strength, it was a very huge weakness that basically I was a slave to fear because it fed these unrealistic fears. And so at that time, I remember going to the ER because I wanted them to take a blood test and I was crying in in the doctor's room like something is wrong with me. I went to doctor's appointments and of course they all look at me like you're crazy and that just makes me feel stupid. Like, like is something really wrong with me or, or if I, or am I just really overly dramatic? (laughs) No, I've had those moments too. The panic attacks and the best way to describe it for me is it just feels real. It It feels like, you know, you know, in your mind it can't be, but you feel like, no matter what, this is happening, even though it, it, it feels it's impending doom. You feel like... And people who haven't experienced chronic, severe anxiety and panic attacks, um, they just don't understand. 
now that I've been through it, it's not that easy. It even got to a point where you had an, an instance where you're driving, right? Yes. So after that period of time in 2013, um, it kind of eased up a little bit. And then I got pregnant with my third child. I really felt like her name had to be Hope. And I just had this feeling inside that things were going to get better. Wow. So that's one of the reasons why wow. her name is Hope. In the many ways that pregnancy with Hope, or Hopi as we call her, did a lot of healing in me. Um, wow. I mean, gave me a lot of hope. And that's why I named her that. And so during that time, it eased up a lot. And things seemed to be getting better. Now, after she was born, um, you add a third child to the mix, life got really stressful yeah, again. And this right. is when it began to get really bad. Wow. So after she so was... just when you thought it was done. Yeah. It getting better. came back with a vengeance. Wow. So after she was born, I almost immediately, probably within the first couple of weeks after she was born, I began to have panic attacks and... Oh. They were unlike any other ones I had experienced. Yeah. Um, at first, they weren't so bad. They would happen maybe like while I was driving or just at home. But then they started to get more intense, longer, and closer together. So one day, this was in August of 2015, and I had spent the last several months feeling these weird feelings in my body and and feeling afraid again and one day in august 2015 it all culminated into a panic attack while i was driving on the freeway one morning and i was by myself um i was actually driving to church i was driving down the freeway and all of a sudden i just felt like this rush of fear enter me and it got stronger and stronger and, and I just started to feel super afraid. Like, imagine feeling terrified for your life. Extremely afraid. That's what I'm talking about while I'm driving. That's what a panic attack oh, is. Man. And I was shaking, hyperventilating. I felt like I was going to pass out. And that was a very intense panic attack. And I didn't think I was going to be able to make it to church and... Um, I did, but as soon as I got to church and parked the car, I just, I just cried like, what is going on with me? Wow. So then later on that day, I drove home from church by myself and I was like, I am not getting on the freeway. I'll take the side streets. That's easy. I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. And no, I wasn't, wasn't any better. I made it maybe halfway home and I, could not I could not make it home by myself. So I pulled into a shopping center parking lot and I called my husband just just uncontrollably, you need to come get me. I can't make it home. I can't drive. So that experience really rocked me and scared me so much. And I was like, I am not driving again. Forget wow. this because I'm going to have another panic attack. So I found myself... Um, not driving. I, I believe that I couldn't. I was too afraid I would have another panic attack. So basically my husband had to drive for me and there was no way I was going to do all it. all the time. You were, yeah. you were basically on house arrest then. Or if I had to drive, forget the freeway, but even sitting at a stoplight, 
at a stop sign. Wow. I mean, I was scared to death. So driving became something that I felt like I couldn't do anymore. And then I began to be very afraid of going out in public by myself, for example, grocery shopping, because what if I had a panic attack, freaked out in the store, and I'm by myself, I'm not going to be able to come home. Like, nobody's going to rescue me. So I began to wait till my husband got home in the evening, and we would go to the grocery store together, and that's the only way I felt safe. Um, but even then, waiting in line in the grocery store checkout line, I mean, just panic attacks. Wow. And so eventually, okay, I can't drive. I'm not going out by myself. And basically, my world started to close in, and I was beginning to realize that the only place I felt safe and secure was in my house. And when I began to realize that I was shutting my life off and my world was closing in, and I realized what I was doing, like I'm going to be probably stuck in my house one day because wow. I'm too afraid to go outside. That realization scared me so much that I said, you need to get some help for this because we are not going down that road. Wow. You were under house arrest. You know, I remember even watching you with your kids and how they would just be kids, but it would just like fingernails on a chalkboard. I mean, it would just really, it was really difficult for you with your kids, mm -hmm. any noise they made, any, yeah, you know, and, but now you're a different person. It was all conveniently or divinely, however you want to call it, orchestrated as far as timing because right about that time that all of this happened where it really got bad there was a anxiety recovery class being offered mm. at my local church and i honestly stumbled upon this class in like one of their catalogs of wow. classes that are so you offered. weren't even looking for it you just no and after you make the decision I can't do this anymore. Something has it. to be done. Then all of a sudden you quote unquote stumble on yeah. this thing looking for something else, which that's really how God speaks to us. That's one of the ways he, exactly. he does it. So I'm reading the description of this class and it's called Freedom Road. And I'm reading it and it says a class designed for people who suffer with chronic anxiety, chronic panic attacks and agoraphobia. Agoraphobia is when you begin to avoid places things, situations, people because of your anxiety. So oh. that's what I was beginning to do. Okay. It sounds like a scary word, but when it said anxiety and panic attacks, I literally Googled what those meant. And when I read the description, I was like, oh my goodness, that's what's going on with so me. So all this stuff going on, you don't even know what's going on with no. you. You just know something's up and you don't even know what it is. I mean, I had heard of the word anxiety before. I've heard the word panic attacks before, but I didn't know that this was what I was experiencing. Wow. So I read the Google definition, and I said, this is what I'm struggling with. And even though I had not yet gotten help, just to have a name to what I was going through was so relieving. Like, this is what it is. Wow. So long story short, I signed up for that class, and it started um, only a month later, thank God, because wow. I needed that. Mm -hmm. um, I was quite surprised when I took the class and I eventually took it three times and each time was a 10 week session. So it's pretty intense. Okay. And I was quite surprised that they focus on the whole person, not just the spiritual part because we're not just spiritual people, but we are also physical people. We're mental and we're emotional. 
and they focused on each one of those parts because anxiety can creep into each one of those parts. And you That's have to, interesting because we did a podcast on that called Out of Whack. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so true. I listened to that one, yes. And for the teacher who taught from experience herself, for her to say that on night one, like we're going to address the whole person, I felt like they cared. It was very honoring. Like, you're wow. not just going to cool. pray it out of me. But right. Because right. sometimes that's how we want. Well, you just got to pray more. Or you need more faith. Right. It's so much more than that. Right. But you need someone to walk alongside you sometimes. The and- very first night, we learn what anxiety is with physiologically. It's adrenaline. When you have anxiety, it's kind of like the steady drip of adrenaline through your system. That's why you kind of always feel on edge. And then a panic attack is when you get a rush of adrenaline. And so... That was very reassuring on the very first night, just to know physically what's going on in my body when I feel this way. Yeah, because sometimes a lot of a lot of people they just want to treat the symptom, exactly. but not the whole. They don't want to get yeah. to the root of it. They just want to, you know, almost like, well, I don't like an apple tree, so I'm gonna cut down the apples. I'm gonna tape pears up there. You can't change this unless you really go to the root of what's really going on. So, yeah, I like the fact that sometimes we just think, well, all you have to do is, you know, you got to eat better. Or you got to pray more. You mm-hmm. got to, you know, but there's a root. There's a symptom. There's a reason why we act this. And you have to treat the whole person before you're going to find out. Is that exactly. right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. So learning on the first night what was going on in my body when I would feel this way, it took a lot of the fear away and it gave me a little bit of hope to be able to make it another week until the next class and so throughout the time period of taking um, this recovery class we talked about a lot of things like physiologically if it's adrenaline in your adrenal glands well let's talk about our diet let's talk about caffeine caffeine is a stimulant so it would probably be best to cut that out of our diet because it can make anxiety worse. So it was practical things like that that I never thought of that were so helpful. Mm. And then it got into some deeper things, deeper root issues of why I have come to this point in my life. And so for one example that was discussed was patterns of thinking and patterns of habit behavior. And so something I learned is that People like me with anxiety often are negative thinkers or we have this negative perspective on life. And typically that mode of thinking was modeled to us growing up. It was a habit that we learned because that's what we were shown. Hmm. And so we've grown up throughout life with just a negative view. Um, So for a lot of people, a problem is their perspective, how they're viewing life. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And that can make you a type of person who can always feel anxious about everything. Or is very susceptible to... Or who can, yeah, who is basically setting themselves up to be more prone to anxiety. And so we address thinking negatively. And how can we change that? Because it's a habit for us. And we, if habits can be learned, they can be unlearned. And Mm -hmm. we can always learn a new habit. So we learned about thinking more positively and putting more positive into our minds on a daily basis. And when you're a negative thinker, like I was, and you're kind of basically just a cynical person, trying to put positive into your life feels really stupid (laughs) at first. Because it's weird, because you haven't done that for so long, it feels weird to you. Yeah. You have to reinvent your normal, right? Exactly, exactly. And and, um, 
So a practical example of how I began to think more positively or just deposit more positive into my mind each day. So one way I put more positive into my mind was the teacher of my class printed out on these little laminated cards some really encouraging phrases and some Bible verses because it's taught from a Christian perspective. And she said, tape these up on your bathroom mirror or on the dashboard of your car, anywhere that you are at often during the day and read it to yourself, preferably out loud. And you're not going to believe it at first. You're going to think this is stupid, but you're at least beginning to train your brain to put positive in. And once you keep doing that over a period of time, you're going to begin to believe that God delights in me and and he loves me. You're going to believe that God is here to help you and you don't have to be afraid. I like that. I like that taking action because I think sometimes we think, well, one day I'm going to wake up and it's going to be there. Mm -mm. I mean, I'm struggling with this. I don't like who I am, but, you know, I just keep living life normally. Don't change anything. Just one day I'll just start thinking it. It doesn't work that way. So you, you worked at it. Yes, because... The class is called Freedom Road because it's a process. You have to Mm -hmm. walk a road. A lot of people want anxiety and panic attacks to just disappear. And let's say God all of a sudden snapped his fingers and your anxiety was gone. The problem with that is it would come back because we have patterns of thinking and behavior that got us to that point. So eventually, if we never change, it would come back. God sometimes wants us to walk through the hard, scary work. Because that is what changes us so that it will never come back again. So um, I like to think that you don't get over anxiety. You get through it. Wow. To I the like other that. side. So here's what makes you a hero to me, Nana. You had a conflict. You had a very scary thing. Number one, you didn't quit. You got to a point where you said, I got to fix something here. You went and got help. What do heroes do? Heroes change the world. Okay, you changed your world. You changed your life. So in some ways, you're a hero that way. But Nina, now you're teaching the class that you took several times. Yes. To me, that's a hero. You've come so far through this thing that not only are you good with it, now I watch you with your kids. You're a different Nina than what you were before. It's so cool to watch. You're so much more relaxed, you know. Um, But you are now teaching the class. And by the way, what's it like teaching that class that you went through? First of all, it feels surreal because on the very first night, I was scared out of my mind and I thought I was going crazy and I felt like my life is going to be like this forever. So to be on the other side, feeling completely free of anxiety and I'm helping people who are just like me, like that was all that I was like begging for. Which is the same thing your teacher was to you. Yes. And the relationship that you had with your teacher is another big part that got you through all this. So yes. here's my thought, okay? You're teaching this class, and how many people do you have in that class now? Um, this time around, I'd say we have probably like 15. Okay. So I'm wondering, would you come back and do another podcast with us? Of course. And I would like to go into more details of what you're going through. In fact, I think it would be kind of cool as if we could start your own Freedom Road podcast mm-hmm. So now you could put it online and God can bring anyone from anywhere around the world. So now your influence goes from 15 people at a time to it could literally be hundreds, could literally be thousands and more, right? Um, Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? 
I would because more like millions of people struggle with this. Yeah. And a lot of them are just quiet or they don't know they're going through it or exactly they're afraid to, like you said, when you found out someone else is going through it, it just brought peace to you. So if you're open to that, I would like for Happy Life Studios be a, a covering for you. I'd like for us to, to do this podcast cool. and your influence <laughs> could be go to so many people and uh, I just, that's what Hero does, and not, not, but now your influence can go worldwide, and then um, I'm just I'm super proud of you. Thank you. I'm super proud <laughs> of you, and um, for those of you that are struggling with stuff like this or even struggling with other stuff, there is hope. There is hope in the same way that Nina literally gave birth to hope. Yes. <laughs> you can give birth to hope, too, and we want to help you do that. That's what Happy Life Studios is all about, building and creating that community, showing you that there is hope in the same way that if you could have seen the difference between Nina, what I saw, and Nina has always been cool, but you could see where she was, and a lot of that story I didn't even know about you, you know, <laughs> but when I see where you've come now, I mean, it is just, there is hope, and we can get through it, but we need other people to help us through that dark space. Yeah. Can I share something also? So talking about my daughter, Hope, obviously people won't know this, but my daughter, Hope, was born in the car on the way to the hospital. Really? And, um, you know, I had taken a natural birth class. So I had already decided to do the natural birth with all the pain and all that. Well, good for you. But the whole in a car thing was very unexpected. And, <laughs> you think? And, Do they teach you that in class? Now, when you have it in a car... <laughs> well, actually, they did. Did they really? Yes. Oh, my. So having a child with no pain medication and going through the labor pains and the whole delivery, and I literally delivered hope. Wow. When I went through my whole anxiety recovery and, you know, I'm you're never truly free from it. You have to keep putting the work into it mm-hmm. to keep it at bay. But um, when I then looked back after all of this, I kind of related my recovery process out of anxiety with the birth of my daughter. Very painful. It's a lot of hard work and it starts out small and then it builds, builds. And it's this enormous amount of pain that you never thought a human being could ever experience. It's very intense and you have to put a lot of hard work and focus during labor, you know, to, to stay in it. And then all of a sudden the very, very end is when it gets really bad Yeah, as far as the pain, because you're about to push that baby out and it gets super intense and you think that you can't take any more. And in fact, our teacher for our birth class always said in labor, whenever you think or say the words, I can't do this anymore you are probably coming up to the end. And I remember saying that in the car and probably five minutes later, I heard a baby crying. Wow. And I looked behind me and I said, that's it. It's done. And there, and all of that pain, all of the literal sweat, the grabbing the seatbelt and the straining and the contractions, all of a sudden there is this baby hope and all that pain literally was gone in any struggle we go through in our life. And in this case, specifically coming out of anxiety, it is like birthing a baby. It is hard work. It's scary work. It can be a long process. 
it can get really bad sometimes, but you can't give up. You can't give up. You have to keep pushing through. And you'll find that the end does come. And then when you look back behind you, you're going to wow. say, wow, I birthed something pretty awesome. And that's going to be some type of hope in your life. Yeah. Maybe your hope looks like you can enjoy your family now. Yeah. You can be the mom you want to be. You can help other people. You can have a positive outlook on life. And if you hadn't gotten to that point where it got so scary, you'd still be in it. But it got exactly. so scary, you're finally like, I can't do this anymore. I when the pain to, gets yeah. so bad and the desperation gets so bad, I have got to do something about it. There was no other choice. Like, yeah. we're doing this. And it's the same thing in labor. You have no choice but yeah. to go through it. Right. That baby's Here's coming no matter now. what. We've come too far now, exactly. right? And so for all those of you that are listening that are in a situation where you feel like it keeps getting worse, you could be about to birth hope. You birth know? your dreams, something awesome. So that's why we need to we need to take this to another level. That's why we need to do another podcast or two, but that's why we need to get your own podcast up so you can actually help walk people through anxiety. You can help walk them through their freedom road. Wow. So I want to thank you. I can't think of a better way to start off Limelight Podcast than right here. And I think you've proven the fact that you are a true hero. You're an ordinary, regular person, and that's what heroes look like. Man, this is the real deal. Uh, there is hope for you. I know the pain may be tough for you. And if you know of anybody that's struggling with anxiety or is in a struggle right now, man, you know, share this podcast with them. You know, send it to them. Have them listen to it. And keep your ears open because we got to do some more of this. I want to interview you some more. I'm really curious about some of the things that you talked about and going deeper and giving us. Do you have some, like, exercises that you can give us to actually help us? Oh, definitely. Oh, man. There's a lot that well, that's I That's exciting. Share. So... Thank you, everybody, for listening. Anything else that you'd like to say? So I'm your first one on Limelight? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty That's pretty uh, humbling. So that's cool. Well, I can't thank think you. of a better way to start it. You're so welcome. Thank you for sharing your heart and be vulnerable with us. And then uh, thank you for being a hero, not quitting. And uh, your influence is only going to get greater and greater and greater. Yeah.